Blog Talk Radio. Here in New York, Governor Cuomo said, we've never disinfected a train. I hope that's not true because I take those trains. Well, I used to. I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good morning. It is Brett from the Bunker. I am Brett Singer. It is Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. Let's always say the year, because who knows? One of these days it might be 2021 or 2030. We don't know. We don't know. We have no idea. I am joined today by Kelly Zemnickis. Kelly, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Had a show last night. That was kind of fun. It was a virtual show, obviously. Those have been interesting. Um, it's, it, I'm still yeah. trying to figure out how to get people to turn their <laughs> microphones on. Have you done any of those, any of the Zoom shows? I've, I've been doing about five shows a week. Oh, um, wow. Which, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm really forcing myself to, to, be, to be active because I really miss hopping on the subway, heading downtown Toronto, doing a mic somewhere. Um, I, I miss that rush. And, uh, yeah. This is this is a a, a fine compromise. <laughs> yeah. Now I jumped the gun a little because I always ask everyone uh, first thing: How are you holding up? Um, I've got my good days and my bad days. I think for the most part, I'm trying to see this as I'm trying to find the benefit in it, um, find the good in a really bad situation. So I think for the most part, my outlook is pretty good, but. I do, I do have my, my days where it's, it's more of a struggle to, to find the optimism. But, you know, so far, so good. I'm in good health. My family's good, so that's good. Yeah, those are always the good reminders. Like, yeah. you know, you, you, I've got my health, my family's healthy, everybody's safe, you know, we have enough to eat, you know, the yeah. sort of the, the basics, the kind of gratitude journal exactly. you know, version of looking at things, yeah. which I think is important. Which, yeah, I think, it, I think it's really doing. good. <laughs> have you been doing the gratitude journal? I've been doing it. Oh, Yeah. Because it, it helps for me to see that on paper, um, to write down the good stuff that happened today. You know, this is going to be in my gratitude journal tonight, <laughs> for sure. And um, just just having a visual marker of like, you know what? I had coffee today. That's a good thing, you know? Coffee's good. Just, just, I've been drinking a lot of coffee. Stuff. Coffee? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. I'm drinking a lot of coffee. I'm, I'm and saving a lot of Saving a lot yeah, of what? I'm saving a lot of money too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, not going, going to Starbucks to the or wherever. As much. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Actually, I, I hadn't thought of that, but, I, but you sort of don't think about how expensive that is when you, until you're not doing it. And then you're like, wait a minute, what was, I was spending how much a day on that uh, nonsense? You know, like, oh my god. I mean, I love like, me some cold. I love me some cold brew, but it, is it really worth it? <laughs> that or you don't notice it until you do your taxes, which I just did recently, and I I got my taxes filed and in. And when I when I write up like you know all the little business meetings I had at a coffee shop, it's like whoa. <laughs> yeah, a lot. No, I don't know. I mean, I, hey, at least you can write them off. You know, if it was a business meeting, then uh, yeah. you know that's legit. That's an expense. That's fair. But oh, also, where yeah, well, I, are you going to meet? I, I mean, you know. So how, actually, let me ask you that. Like, so are you still what, – what, now, what do you do? You work in TV? 
I, I, that's my, my background. My work background was in TV production. I was a production coordinator for about 15 years. So I worked oh, wow. on a whole, yeah, a whole variety of shows from like Deal or No Deal, the Canadian version, uh, uh-huh. which did star Howie Mandel. <laughs> um, I worked on season one of a, a little show called Property Brothers, which went oh. on to do quite well. Oh, that that turned into a big one. I I can't say I've seen it because it's not my thing, but I certainly have heard of it. That show grew like wildfire, and I'm still friends with Jonathan and Drew, and um, I'm so glad we've stayed friends. Uh, It's hard to hang out with them, though, because people know who they are now. (laughs) Yeah. It's not as easy to go to dinner uh, with those two guys, but my, my work background is in TV, and I did this weird career transition in my 30s of walking away from everything because I wasn't happy and I started waitressing oh and um yeah and and that eventually led to what I do now which is freelance writing and um I still work in tv but on a writing side you know doing script editing or coordinating and um and yeah I do a little bit of post-production stuff I transcribe which is a job a lot of people don't don't know what that is, but I, I'll watch like the raw footage of a home renovation show, like let's say Property Brothers, um, and I'll write out like all the interview with one of the homeowners. So what you see on TV is like three and a half minutes. I've maybe sat through two hours of an interview with them. Oh wow! So, yeah, you transcribe all that because transcribing's <laughs> hard. I used to do when I when I was a journalist. I used to transcribe interviews, mm. and boy, did that take a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and an awful lot of patience because yeah. especially especially with home renovation shows, these folks aren't actors. They don't know necessarily how to deliver a line or don't have, you know, certainty in what they're saying and they'll self-edit or they'll add in a lot of things. I remember this one guy, every single sentence he finished with, right? Every Ugh. single question, you know? Like, oh, God. <laughs> so it can test your nerves, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll bet. Why yeah. do I have ears? Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> There's something else I could be doing with my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that'll make you nuts. That'll definitely make you nuts. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I enjoy transcribing, like, scientific shows or maybe um, there was a, a music show I just worked on that is definitely on Netflix Canada. I don't know about the States, but... It's called Hip Hop Evolution, a fantastic docu-series about rap music and um, worked on that. And I love those kind of shows because I'm I'm a fan and I'm learning cool facts and stuff like that, you know. But it's it's funny to see some musicians, uh, you know, not fully awake doing an interview and like, sorry, what song did I write again? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I like that. So, yeah, I can see that being yeah, fun as a, cool. as a fan. That's an interesting way to look at it. So you're just kind of writing down what Absolutely. you're, you know, what a musician you admire uh, is saying. That's, yeah. That, that's obviously yeah. a little more interesting. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know a lot about home renovation now. But, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's not it's, my thing. There, there's there, There's now like most of the stuff that's really popular. Like I didn't watch Tiger King. It's just, it hasn't interested me. Me neither. I, I, I'm only I'm only curious because everybody. I mean, I don't know if you noticed this at the mics, but for a while that that was the joke. Like everybody had Tiger King hot takes, 
everybody had a tiring yeah. joke, and it's thankfully faded because it's like enough already. But it, but that was it, you know. And it just got to a point. It got to a point where it was like, I guess I don't need to watch it, you know. Some someone actually did a thing. They're like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, my set is all Tiger King spoilers, and I was like, oh my god, what am I, what am I doing? What's going on here? Um, and you know, like the home renovation shows. My wife is way into the Great British Baking Show. Um, I just, yeah, it, it's yeah, just not, I'm, I don't I'm get it. it now. Now to be fair, my thing is superhero shows, which she has okay. no interest in and lots of people have no interest in. So, you know, yeah. obviously there's, there's something there for everybody, I guess is what I guess is my point. Um, so yeah, uh, how did you get, in, how did you get yeah. into comedy? Comedy? Um, I, despite the fact that I started doing stand up only at the, I was, only, I was 37 when I did my first mic. So it's, it's only been about four four and a half years. Um, I actually got involved in the Toronto comedy scene back in the nineties, like 1992, 93. I was a teenager and I was working at clubs as a technician. So I was doing the lights and sound and there was a really, in the nineties, Toronto was really hot with like sketch comedy and like kids in the hall influences, you know, Mm. and, and, and stuff like that. And so Sketch comedy and improv was really the thing um, that that I was seeing a lot of. And so, yeah, I worked at this club called Big City Improv. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was right in the heart of downtown Toronto in like a really seedy strip of Queen West. And I'd go there on the weekends and, and run lights and sound for these shows and and then eventually, you know, would follow comedians when I was old enough to go to a comedy club because of course our, our drinking age is a bit younger here in Canada yes indeed um, so, <laughs> so as soon as I could get to go to see stand-up uh, I was I was going to clubs like all the time like as a teenager um, but enjoyed the technical side of a show like I any concert I would go to I was always like looking at what the lighting guys and the audio guys were doing so I enjoyed enjoyed being a part of the of the fun but from the background and I didn't I didn't think I'd ever actually be doing jokes <laughs> so yeah that's so how what I was what was the motivation so how did, how did you get how did you make that first step so for me I would I would say uh as I say I did my first mic when I was 37 I'd say like for a couple of years before that I just got this voice in my head I couldn't figure out where it was coming from, but something was just telling me, you should go do a mic, go do a stand-up mic. I was like, why the hell would I do that? Uh. (laughs) I just, I didn't know where that was coming from. And the truth of the matter is, uh, it was losing somebody I loved dearly to cancer was my motivation. Yeah, I, I, Honest to God, truth. The last conversation I had with with uh, with with James um, was uh, I, I got off the phone and I kind of had this inkling. He wasn't doing great, and I kind of had this inkling we we wouldn't be talking much more after that. And I got off the phone and I looked in the mirror and I was like, it was a light bulb went off. I went, you know what? You have the ability to do anything in the world you want to do go do it. And I, I signed up for a mic the next week. So wow. he, yeah, he left me with this immense gift of courage and of enjoy. Cause I knew he wasn't 
I feel like I'm going to start crying. <laughs> it was, um, it was a great motivator. Um, I, I hate that I lost him, but he left me with this, like this cool gift. That's and that is why I started telling jokes. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's a, I mean, you know, I feel like that's probably a good, a good way to deal with it. Right. I mean, I, I, I mean, you were, yeah. you were saying, uh, I can't remember who was on the air or off the air, but talk, talking about, you know, kind of finding the positive in things. And yeah. I mean, that's an amazing Absolutely. skill to have to be able to, to take something, you know, tragic like that and to, and to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to motivate and I'm going to get, I'm going to get up on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like that throughout my whole life. He was somebody who we met when, when I was stage managing comedy shows and he was stage managing shows. And, um, we, we connected at second city in Toronto and, uh, he, from the second we met, um, he just saw the confidence that I didn't see. He saw my ability before I saw it in myself. And, um, very grateful to him. Oh yeah, so people always, like that. People, yeah, people like that are worth their weight. I mean, you know, someone who can see something in you that you don't see. I mean, that's just you know, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 all his fault <laughs> in a very good way. <laughs> yes, in a good way. His fault in a good way. I like that. I like that. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. So do you, do you remember what yeah. were the first things you talked about when you got up on stage? Do you remember? Well, I, I remember telling my brother that first show I did, um, there's, a, there's a great little club in Toronto called the Social Capital, which is in uh, our, Greek, our Greek town, so the Danforth in Toronto. And um, I did my first set there, and uh, my brother came with me, and he was like, what are you going to talk about? Like, you've never done this before. And I just... I don't know. I've, I've been writing for a very long time. Like I've, you know, I've, I've, I've got some plays under my belt from doing fringe. So I had, I had an ear and a, you know, a, a nose for a story. I was like, well, I'll just talk about what I'm going through right now. So I talked about, you know, the fact that I'm named, the first joke I ever did was the fact that I'm named after Grace Kelly, uh, mm. which is, which is a true fact named after Grace Kelly and my first joke was, but don't worry, I'm a much better driver. And, um, <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's a good joke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and um, just talked about being single. And my my brother, who is not, uh, you know, in the in the stand up world or or the writing world. I mean, he's he's a musician, so he's writing in a different way. But I remember when I got off the stage, he was he was so wide-eyed and proud of me and after the show he was like talk about your love life but don't don't have us feel bad for you like find the humor in it spin it that way and I was like that's a good note so I um yeah it was my first set was just talking about the fact that I'm single and I'm in my you know in my at the time my late 30s and and the fun that that brings and the fact Mm. that I don't have kids which is a whole other set of judgment that I get (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand why people um, judge people for that. I mean, I've got I've got kids and whatever, but it's like, you know, I mean, more power to you. I I don't see any reason to think why should, why would you judge someone for not ha- for not having kids? If you don't want kids, you don't want kids. It's fine. You know, it's not a it's really not a problem. There's lots of kids. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me, and it doesn't make sense to me that I get it from women as much as I do. Um, my 
my female friends who have children, and I, I think kids are great. I'm not, it's not, I don't have kids because I don't want, like, I don't like them. I just, I've never wanted to be a mom. And right. that's okay. Of course it is. <laughs> you, know? you know, I'm an aunt, and I love being an aunt, and I'm so proud of my nieces and nephews. And, and that's good by me. Like, I'm like, that's a good rule for Kelly. I'm good with that one. Um, but I have some female friends who are like, don't you feel bad? And it's like, am I supposed to? Like, I think it's an obnoxious thing to say. It really, it really, it really is amazing. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I, I guess, I guess with men, they might say like, you know, they might think it's weird that you're not married or something, but no one would ever say to a guy like, you don't, Oh, you don't have kids. What's the matter with you? Right. you know? I mean, it's like, if you don't, I mean, you, say, you, don't, you don't need to have kids. The world does not need everybody to be a mom or to, and to be a dad. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's ridiculous to me. I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. It, it's, it's such a strange thing. And, and it makes, it kind of irks me that people brush off like, oh yeah, you're an aunt, like whatever. And it's like, okay, sure. It's a secondary character. You know, I'm not, I'm not around my nieces and nephews every single day, but I still feel like, I play a big role in being like, you know, the possibly like the best buddy you can confide in that you can't tell your mom or dad, or you can, you know, learn something cool for me. Like, I still feel like I, I play a big role in, in their upbringing. Um, Those can be very important but, relationships. A hundred percent. I, I, I have an uncle that was very, yeah. that, that I mean, is very important to me. You know, I, yeah. he, he yeah. got me through something in college. I was real, I was really screwing up and he, he kind of gave me a kick in the ass right when I needed it in a way that my mother could not have done. So, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I, those, those are important relationships potentially. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I have their, their initials tattooed on my arm. So I'm the cool aunt. Nice. Very nice. (laughs) Yeah. I'm afraid to get a tattoo. I feel like I'm I'm afraid it'll hurt. I, I just, you know, I'm afraid I'll regret it. Like I just, I mean, so I'm not going to get one. So it's a pretty straightforward thing. It's not complicated. (laughs) That's but sure. I, I, I'm, I I'm always a, I'm always a little impressed with people who have them. I'm sort of like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder what that's like. I got my first tattoo at 38. I feel like I discovered my powers like in my 30s. Like it was this cool box that I found in the closet, you know. Huh. Um, but I uh, I got my first tattoo at 38, and uh, it's a Christopher Robin quote on my shoulder. I got it after. Uh, after James died, um, and it's the quote, you're braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. And um, I have to to say, I find tattooing so relaxing. Okay. (laughs) Which is is weird. (laughs) But the way I see it, like my pain threshold is pretty high for whatever the reason, Um, but it is. And I find just being on the table, nobody needs me for anything. I can just lay down. <laughs> like, I sounds mean, like a massage. Is more... I mean, it sounds like <laughs> you're, you're describing it like a massage. I mean, it's, you know, but, but you walk my, away with something. My, <laughs> my, my now friend, the fellow who did my first tattoo, my friend Tommy, uh, during the, the first tattoo, he kept, like, tapping me on the shoulder, like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> I'm having a great time. So uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, but I love why are it. You can- I, why are I you Canadian you- so? No, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but why are you Canadian so nice? No, go. What What is that about? 
Um, Every Canadian I know is delightful. <laughs> I I was just listening to a chat with um, with Mike Myers and Conan O'Brien and and just just talking about that and and our personality and our outlook and I I don't know it's just I think for me it's like there's just seeing the humor in it. I don't know if it's this like look on the bright side of life, like Monty Python kind of take on things. And um, the fact that, you know, I've got parents who are immigrants and I'm first generation Canadian and, and, and just, just having a laugh as much as you can. And, and um, this is such a big country and such a vastly, you know, Ontario is so completely different from like the Yukon and BC and, and it's, I just find it cool. I just find everything kind of cool and fun. And I don't know, maybe it's because our beer is stronger. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> is so that harder. true? The beer is stronger? Is the beer stronger? Yeah, I didn't the alcohol know that. content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. It's, uh, interesting. Yeah. We, we can t- it's colder. We need, we need to warm up with the liquor, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's like for for me anyways, like that that kind of British humor influence of just my parents bringing that over, and I'm not sure, but there is there is a there is an attitude difference of like being polite, <laughs> like you know listen first, and and maybe be a little you know apprehensive in more mo- more moments than we should be. Like that's what I admire about when I go to the states, and and everyone's like directness, and like I want this. It's like yeah. Want to be like that when I grow up? <laughs> <laughs> we are direct. We are definitely direct. I don't. I don't know that it's always yeah. to our benefit, but we are very direct. Maybe, maybe it's the healthcare. Maybe that. Maybe it's. Maybe the healthcare is relaxing and it makes it makes you uh, look at life a little differently. I don't know. It's. I don't it's know. Nice to have it available. It's nice to have it available. It's not a perfect system, but it's. It's. Uh, I definitely prefer it to what you guys have. That's for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you, you know, you can get it done if you need to. I mean, you know, I understand. I like I said, yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, it's not. I understand it's not perfect. That's I'm not, you know, but yeah. the national healthcare system. I mean, that's kind of nice. That, that's def, that's definitely yeah, preferable to not having one. Absolutely, and 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 just the concept that everybody is deserving of that. I I don't find. Um, I, I guess I from what I see on TV, which maybe isn't a skewed vision of it, but. I get the impression that some people think like, oh, you have to earn your health care. It's like, no, no, everyone, everyone should be able to go see the doctor. Like that shouldn't be, yeah. a, that shouldn't be a heavy question. That should be a, a cut. Yes. You know, so. <laughs> How are um, things over there yeah. with the COVID? Or, uh, that's actually something that I just realized you're in another country. So how is, yeah. how is uh, Canada um, handling it? So for us, I, I live in a province called Ontario, and, and our numbers are pretty high, but we're noticing a bit of a, a downturn of, of numbers. So I guess we're going to be entering what inevitably, inevitably will be a second wave of things. But the provinces of Quebec uh, and Alberta, so one province on the East Coast, one, one more towards the West Coast, those are are hot. And they interestingly made like the first moves of trying to reopen things, which I think all the other provinces were like, wait, what? Why, why would you be doing that? You, you've got the most numbers, um, which is starting to 
very quickly show that it was not a good idea. So I think they're kind of backtracking on like opening schools and stuff. Um, but we're, I think for the most part, people are pretty okay with being at home and not being at work. What I'm noticing though, which is really irksome to me is folks when they go out, don't really want to wear a face mask and, mm. um, I don't get that because if my wearing a face mask helps you and yours helps me, then isn't that a good thing? Um, But people find it's like, oh, I'm being oppressed. And we're starting to see more pockets of like, don't, you know, don't let the man tell me what to do. And it's like, oh, Jesus. Sorry, that's my reaction. (laughs) Every now and then I play a sound effect. That's my reaction to that. Good reaction. (laughs) Oh, boy. I, I do not get it. Get I don't it. get that at all. It's like, dude, we're we're you know we've all we've all got different. Uh, we're we're riding in the same we're riding through the same storm, but in very different boats and stuff. And and it's like, if if my doing this can help you, then that just seems like a slam dunk. You know. Um, yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, the the thing here, I don't know if this is over there, is people are wearing the masks, but they don't put it over their nose, which is which is completely nonsensical because because the whole point yeah. is like if you sneeze, you're stopping the sneeze from getting somewhere, so you have to put it over your nose. And and I don't. Exactly. That's one where I, where I'm genuinely baffled. Like I don't know what it is. The only like if if I see someone with glasses, because it definitely you have to make some adjustments if you have glasses, but it's totally doable. You just pull the yeah. mask up a little. You yeah. pull the glasses over the mask. It's not that. It's it's it isn't that hard. You know, someone it's told me how to do it on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but man, oh man, I mean just just wear a mask. I, I, and there are definitely people here who are who are very angry about that and feel like it's government overreach to tell you to do things. And I mean, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just, this is what the smart people are saying. Let's just do it. Exactly. Um, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing more pockets of people like going to the government buildings here in Toronto um, because for the, for the province I live in the you know, the, the government buildings are, are here in Toronto. Um, more people are doing protests. And of course, you know, we're seeing on the news, hey, a bunch of people at that protest got sick. It's like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be together like that right now. <laughs> like, you just shouldn't. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we're, we're pretty good, be, we're pretty well behaved up here, but it's starting to, to, to get to people and people are being, Dum dums. So it's yeah. I don't know. No, I I can. It's uh, all right. So I guess it's not it's not just in the states. <laughs> People are no. <laughs> I just I mean I, I don't know. Our leadership, I, but <laughs> fair, fair, I, fair enough. Yeah. Fair. Do, you, do, you, yeah. Do, do, do you get into politics in, in your in Canadian stand up? Is that is that a thing the way it is here? Although it's not that much here because it's so toxic. Yeah, um, some people some people do um, for sure. I mean, we've I, I don't in in my comedy I, I don't don't gravitate towards that. But our prime minister uh, has um, you know he's had his fair share of oh geez like the blackface stuff like uh. oh gosh darn it <laughs> what the heck like, oh, man. I, I, that that one was oh. amazing. That one was amazing because the idea. The, first of all, it, it takes a lot of work. He's done it. 
It's not exactly like it takes a lot of work and a lot of thought. That's the thing that amazes me about all the blackface things. It's like, I mean, especially, you know, like, really, you sat down and you put this stuff all over your face and it didn't occur to you. Like it, you never thought about it. Like you're you're that committed to the character. You're playing Aladdin, for God's sake. You're not playing Othello. You're that into it, dude. Come on. And that news. That news broke just before our, our most recent election. We don't know why that person sat on that news story for as long as they did, because he clearly did this a, a, a fairly long time ago. I mean, he's going into he's in his second term of, of running the country. So it's strange that they were like, oh, yeah, I forgot I had this story in my back pocket. But he's, you know, he's done some incredibly idiotic shit. Um, so people, people have, you know, there's stuff to pull from, uh, from our leaders. We, uh, the way our, our system of government runs here, we have four main uh, political parties. Uh, we have the liberal government, the conservative, the NDP, and the Green Party. And so our, our news sources pull from, from all, all parties um, indeed, uh, there's a good bit of fodder in Canadian comedy, but not the train wreck that the Trump government is chugging along with. Oh boy. Things are, yeah, no, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely, there's definitely issues. I also try to, yeah. um, I, I tend not to stay, I tend to stay away from it because it really, it, ch- it really chills the room. Like yeah. it really, it, it just, you say it and people are like, you know, like it, like it, unless you're doing a Trump impression, mm, like, yeah. like if you're doing a, if you're doing a Trump impression, you can get away with it, like that, or I don't mean get away with it, but like people are okay with that. Yeah. But I'm just looking There's again that, at these Trudeau blackface pictures, and they're really kind of amazing. <laughs> I'd forgotten. <laughs> it's and the 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 fact that he just didn't do face, like he in some of those shots, it is like full body. He committed to the character. Um, uh, and, and wow, just wow. Um, I just, I mean, I just, I mean, this isn't like, I mean, I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of an example, but but I really, I just can't because it's so silly, but I mean, um, it's not like wearing an offensive t-shirt or, you know, like, so I mean, I mean, it's just, yeah, uh, no, it's just weird. Yeah. It's a weird move. And, and, you know, he's, he's. He's, he's not the only guy of late to have, have done that. I've seen, I, I don't, I don't understand when people do that. And then they walk out of the house. They're like, yeah, this was a good choice. Like, really? Okay. Do you not own a mirror or any empathy or I don't know. Just such a bizarro move. Yeah, absolutely. So wrong. So wrong. Um, but it didn't hurt him. He was able to get back, right? He got back in. He 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 got reelected. Uh, he beat out the fellow who is of certain ethnicity that he was portraying in that costume, which is kind of hilarious. Um, he would have been a much better candidate. <laughs> oh, really? Anyway, yeah, Jagmeet Singh. Yeah, he beat out Jagmeet Singh. Um, if if that. He's recently put out a TikTok video with his wife. I'm not on TikTok. I feel like I'm too old for TikTok. But uh, but he's put out a TikTok video where he takes off his turban 
And that man has hair like Jason Momoa. Oh, it oh, is wow. beautiful. Wow, impressive. <laughs> that's some serious. That's serious that hair. <laughs> As a bald man, I I, I, I I notice hair. That is some serious, serious hair. I got to tell you. <laughs> Uh, as far as being too old for TikTok, as far as being too old for TikTok, someone said to me, um, "That's what that's what they used to say about Facebook, and look at it now." So I don't know if that helps you, but I found that interesting because it's because it's true. You know, that's, I remember I remember being too old point. for Facebook, and Facebook is now. Yeah. Now I I don't see TikTok going the way of Facebook. I, I'd be surprised. I think TikTok definitely skews younger, but there are people that are apparently there. Are some of the TikTokers are fascinated by by us oldsters. Like they're just. They're, I don't mean we're old. Yeah. You know what I mean. For th- for that for them no, we're, no, we are we're not ancient. <laughs> for them we're ancient, you know. And Absolutely. I think they de- yeah. they definitely they look at it. That there's a real curiosity if you can come up with something. I don't get it at all. I just haven't really delved in there. Apparently, you're supposed to be doing like dances, and there's things that everybody does, and it's just I don't know. I I have I have a very yeah. love hate relationship with social media in general. It feels like a lot of work to me. <laughs> I, I I like. I like what I like, you know, like Instagram, I feel like it's just my, you know, public photo album and I, I enjoy sharing things on there and Facebook is just more for family stuff and, and if I do get more political, it, it would be on Twitter, but I'm good with those things like Snapchat and, and TikTok, I, I, I feel very like, you know, old person, like old man yelling at cloud when it comes to that yeah, stuff, like I just totally. like, what are the kids doing? Also, there's only so many hours in the day. Like, like I, I really do. Yeah. I, I, I get that there are people who can, you know, who can sit on Twitter all, all day and, and also get other things done. But I can't. Like, if I, if I get sucked yeah. into that, yeah. I am in that. You know, I, I, two hours could go by, and I've just been liking and retweeting <laughs> and stuff. And I just, that's just not what I want to do right now. Like, I, I, I really want to. Sure. I, I want to carve out writing time and, you know, really sit down yeah. and sort of try to get into some different joke topics and. You know, listen to my sets. Like Absolutely. I'm still recording my sets because I'm nuts. And yeah. really, no, I do same it thing. Too. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering yeah, if it was I, just me or if other people doing it. Because I, I, I feel like it's still a set. You know, like I know it's weird where it, I'm in my house, but it's still a set. Yeah, I, I'm still recording. I'm still making notes on everything I play back. And like I, I remember, um, I used to work on, uh, on this comedy show. A uh, very popular show here in Canada called Royal Canadian Air Force, and I learned from working on that show of like doing like last notes, like when the audience would really like a joke would really kill and what didn't work really well. And I still mark up my my joke book with those same kind of check marks of like what I felt like really hit, what really needs work on. But I think that is so important, whether we're in a club on stage or we're doing you know, jokes in our living room, you still need to listen back, listen to your, how you presented the joke, you know, phrasing, tags people maybe gave after you. It's, it helps you get better. I, I highly recommend recording every set that you do as a comic. It's, you know, and, and some comedian friends of mine don't regard what I'm doing now as stand-up. And I... What you, I hang, every, hang on, hang on. What does that mean? don't know and I've been trying to think about it over the past couple of days but they're like that's not stand up it's like well uh, I, I beg to differ I'm still telling jokes to people I personally am standing up when I do my jokes oh do you interesting, <laughs> when interesting. I do the, yeah when I do these shows I, I purposely I 
I'd get ready. Like I'd be getting ready to go to, you know, absolute comedy up the street for me. Like I'm, I'm going to stand up and do my set. Um, but this idea that I have to be in a club with people, it's like, no, I'm, I'm still in a club. It's virtual. And there are still people there. And someone said to me recently of like, yeah, but I don't want to tell jokes till I get no reaction back. And I said, I said to them, I'm like, well, hold the phone. You've never bombed. Like, we've, we've all done jokes in a club to no reaction. This is the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, the format's a bit different. So, yes, the, the idea that you're not in a room with servers and people ordering food and, and whatnot, okay, that, that is what it is. But I still regard this as my doing stand-up. I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the reaction is or what the um, what the hesitation is. It, it's different. Granted, it's very, very different, and you're you're not able to feed off the immediacy of someone sitting right in front of you and looking really embarrassed that you're picking on them. But I'm still telling jokes. It's just in a different way. But I'm still telling jokes. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I got a piece of advice from uh, Jim Mendrinos. I don't know if you know him. He's got like 30-something years in the business. Mm. And yeah. he he said, you just got to barrel through. You just, you know, like just yeah. just go. Do your thing. Tell your jokes. Don't worry about, you know, that you're not hearing laughs. Because there, I have not figured out a way to crack that, and I don't think anyone else has either. I have been on Zoom shows no. where people – People are unmuted, and there's a little bit of laughter feedback. And I tried last night. Mm -hmm. I had a couple of people unmuted, and they were great. They laughed, and that was terrific. But most people just didn't want to – you know, they're in their houses. They they don't want to be unmuted. They don't want to have their cameras on. So I think we just – you know, you've got to deal with it. Just tell the jokes and see what happens. Um, But I I may start standing up. I actually just got a stand-up desk. And not 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 the desk is nice. funny, but the desk is a you know a desk that you can stand up using. And <laughs> I I was I was there, like maybe I'll start doing that because because it had it did I don't know why it didn't occur to me in the two months of doing mics and shows, but you know I'm mostly sitting down and mm-hmm. that is kind of weird. Like I I don't even like sitting on a stool when I'm on stage. Nor do I. And and I'm somebody who um I uh, I have something called essential tremor, so it, it's like. Parkinson's, but it's a, it's an active tremor. Um, so you notice things when I'm holding. So I can't actually go on stage and hold a beer and the mic because my, my arm might shake a fair bit. So Ooh. I'm a comic who will frequently, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a comic who will frequently hold the mic stand just so I can get myself balanced and, and a bit of grounding. Um, just cause for, cause I know it can come across as like, Oh, she's really nervous, but it's like, no, it's neurological. <laughs> right. So, um, so here in my house, um, the way I've got my, my little kitchen, uh, my kitchen countertop, I, I put a, a chair near me so I can balance on that. But, but yeah, I, I feel like I have to stand. I feel like it's, it's the professional thing to do. You know, I've, I've done a few shows now where I've seen comics like lying in bed, it's like no, you're you're not Andy Kaufman. That, that, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like unless you're doing a bit, I don't see that working. You know that that's yeah, a weird one. That that is a strange one. So I'm I'm waiting for the day where someone's like you know doing their stuff in the shower. 
(laughs) I'm sure if someone could figure out a way to keep the phone dry, they would do it. But somebody would do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The lying down. The lying down is definitely one. But that's a head scratcher to me. I, I. I don't see that. That would be weird. Yeah. That would definitely be weird. Yeah. No. That's. That's just too. Um. It. It reminds me of like when. What was his name? Uh. When Albert Brooks was doing like SNL films back in the seventies. He'd like do a do a scene in his bedroom. It's like yeah. Certain people can pull that off. Not. Right. Not you, buddy, on the open mic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so we got a few minutes left. Tell me, tell me who are some of your favorite comedians? Oh gosh, Jerry Seinfeld is absolutely okay. one of my favorites. I love his method of of storytelling and writing and joke telling, and I just I'm such a fan. And Wendy Liebman is a big one mm. for me, and and Rita Rettner, I really love. Those are two women that when I was growing up and I would see them on TV, I was in grand admiration for them. Um, you know because. It was it was cool to see see a lady go up there and do that, you know. Sure. And, and Joan Rivers, Joan Rivers, absolutely Joan Rivers, and and Carol Burnett for me, I really love. And um, and writing wise, this might be out of totally left field, but Irma Bombeck was a huge oh, sure. inspiration to me. Sure. Yeah, my parents had my parents had her books. and I would read them and bring them to school when I was a kid for like, hey, look what I'm reading, and it's like. And the kid in fifth grade bringing in if life's a bowl of cherries. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was a big influence. And David Letterman, one hundred percent, a massive oh, influence wow. to me. Huge, yeah. huge influence. I love, I love how he made these really obtuse things so funny. Like his segment of charts and graphs, just that was like so bizarre and like tossing watermelons off the ceiling off the you know the rooftops and and just what he sounds funny and like will it float and know your cups of meat and <laughs> oh such those things I just I, I love how he could make these really these really boring bits just so dumb and funny and yeah so when he could pluck someone, he could pluck someone out of nowhere and make him make him a star, like you know, Muji Burr and Sarah yeah. Jewel and stuff like that. Like you know, the oh, just yeah, you know, uh, Rupert from Hello Deli. I mean, you know, the, he could he could just make yeah. that guy a superstar. Hello Deli's still there, I think. Oh yeah, I've, I when I when I've been to either a taping of Letterman or most recently going to Colbert, definitely popped my head into Hello Deli. <laughs> um, but I I love that. Like I've I've been in, in a big admirer of, of those folks and then you know Canadian comic wise like you've got guys like Mike McDonald who's no longer with us um, but just just such great joke crafting and, and storytelling and guys like Kenny Robinson and um, and yeah it's yeah I've been very lucky to grow up with such great comedy around me and um, I'm kind of part of the team which is something I never expected yeah, I mean that's actually kind of cool that you got into it by you were able to observe it for a long time from from a kind yeah. of privileged position, where, you know, doing tech. That's a really that's a really great yeah. way to to sort of ease your way in. Like it, you know, now now obviously it's easier. You can you know you can get stuff on YouTube and Netflix, but you know back Absolutely. then um, that wasn't available. That wasn't an option. That wasn't an option, and I've never done uh, I've never done a comedy writing. You know, I've never gone to like Second City for studying 
stand up or anything. I, I kind of feel like immersing myself in the world that I did as a teenager was the best way to learn. You yeah. go see shows, you go, go like, that's, that's the thing. Like if you're wanting to get into it and even if you're in it, go, go to open mics, go to professional shows, just go see it and immerse yourself in it. And it's, it's one of the greatest ways to learn. Kelly, I'm so glad we met, and thank you so much for doing the show. This Me has too. been really delightful. Um, can you tell everyone where to find you on the social medias? Absolutely. So on Instagram, my my handle is the Latvian Foodie, and on Twitter, I'm at Aya Green, and Aya is spelled A-I-J-A. So at Aya Green. I agree. Okay, the Latvian Foodie, and at yeah. Aya Green. Um, all right, yeah. everyone. Well, Kelly, thank you again. This was great. Um, Thanks, Jay. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Um, it'll still be the year 2020, but it'll be a different day, and I'll tell you what day it is. But please, <laughs> most important, everybody stay safe.